Well, it's that time again. Welcome to the show. I have gone on Facebook this last week and invited, uh, as many times as my little finger could click, invited people that I'm friends with on Facebook. So if you uh, like the page and hopefully got on and subscribed to the podcast uh, and you're a new listener, welcome to the show. What's up? My name is Jonathan Fox and this is the It's John Fox Show, a show that endeavors to inform, um, well, maybe maybe not inform. We are a show that's here, and that's about it, okay? So look forward to many weird voices, sounds, noises, odd things that normal people shouldn't talk about. Um, intertwined in all that, hopefully a few good things uh, that you can walk away from the show with. we got a packed show today, lots of great stuff. Uh, very excited about next week's show as well. I'll tell you about that before we close up shop here in just a bit. But uh, we are uh, <clears throat> getting into the weekend. Got some great stuff planned. Hopefully you do as well. We got Memorial Day weekend, and so hopefully you got some great plans. We're going to talk a little bit about Memorial Day here in just a second. Uh, we're getting ready for um, our fourth child uh, to get here. <clears throat> you have to excuse me. I'm battling through a head cold, so I got all kinds of like stuff coming out of my nose and my eyes and all fun stuff and I'm hawking up sound like a you know I've been smoking camels my whole life I'm like <coughs> I was out on my front porch the other day drinking coffee and it was probably like six o'clock in the morning and I'm hacking up along and this lady walks by and I'm I'm talking about violently coughing and she's just looking over at me like are you gonna be all right bud and I was like mind your own business lady keep walking uh, nothing to see here. I don't know why I was talking like that. But, you know, I've been battling through a head cold, so hopefully <clears throat> I'm getting on the back side of it. I can smell again and taste again, which is marvelous because uh, the last couple of days, I really love food. And when you can't taste or smell food, I think that's the most, like, you know you got to eat to survive. But, like, I eat to enjoy. And when I, can, I can't taste things, it's terrible. So, anyway, I was saying all that to say... We're getting ready for uh, the baby, and I uh, found out the other day at the doctor, Jennifer was telling me that uh, the doctor said, you know, it doesn't look like you're going to go into labor on your own, so uh, what's, what say you? Uh, let's induce. And um, all of our other kids um, have been uh, induced. Um, oh, we'll see. Yeah, all of our other kids have been induced. Uh, we were looking at, with Ansley, uh, she was breech, and so they tried to, I mean, I don't, I don't, nobody knows unless, I'm assuming, unless you've been a pregnant woman and you've been breech, and they tried to do this technique where they try to move the baby. You guys, it is the most horrific thing to watch your wife be pressed on and pushed and squeezed. Um, it looks like somebody manhandling a water balloon is what it looks like. But they were trying to turn Amsley so she would go head down, <clears throat> and she just wouldn't go. And so that's why we ended up doing uh, uh, we. I didn't do anything. I, I sat in the room and waited until they called me. But that's why they ended up doing a C-section for Amsley. But we're looking at um, everything looking good for, for Rowan. He is head down and ready to go. Um and, yeah, Jennifer's been working out like usual. Everybody was like, you should take a walk. I'm like, my wife was doing back squats at the gym the other day, like weighted back squats. Like, I don't think walking is going to help put her in labor. The woman's doing back squats at the gym. So so just be quiet, you know. I, when you put – and I told, told Jennifer – I don't know if I told Jennifer or not um, – I guess I was thinking, though, when she put it on Facebook, I was like, you're inviting everyone – to say everything they think, which is so funny because everybody thinks they know the, you know, like if you're asking for some like advice on something, especially when it comes to your body, everybody has like their miracle oil, snake oil, top remedy and stuff and all this kind of thing. So everyone's opinion on there uh, is is hilarious. But anyway, we're getting ready for the baby. Got a few things left to do before he gets here. Uh, I say left to do. I mean, if it doesn't get done before he gets here, the world's not going to break. But uh Looking forward to seeing my little guy. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting and fun, especially we're me and Jennifer have both been talking about how cool it will be to see the kids. Uh, they're super excited about seeing him, which is that makes it fun. Um, 
when we just had Kingston and Declan was about to come into the mix, Kingston was not having it. Like, Kingston was like, I think maybe every first child has to go through that in some regards. Like, it's just been me, so what are we doing? But Kingston, Kingston, we have a picture of Kingston holding Declan at the hospital, and he looks like this is the stupidest thing you guys have ever done in your life. It is, it is one of the funniest pictures. Um, the boys did infinitely better with Amsley coming in the picture, and I think all three of them are doing exceptionally well uh, with getting ready for Rowan to come in. So looking forward to that. <clears throat> um, you know, I've been watching uh, cof- uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, and I've noticed that one of like the parts of comedy that have that maybe has eluded me, the thing that makes comedy funny, the things that makes these comedians that we think are hilarious, what we think is funny about it is they no- they notice normal things that are just a bit off, <clears throat> or like, why do we do that? <clears throat> and so, uh, you have to excuse me for clearing my throat like 5,000 times. Um, also, just to interject this, again, if you're a new listener, I interrupt myself like 3,000 times. That's normal just in a conversation with me, but... Um, I make this sound, and uh, my friend Demetrius, I pointed it out to him because I noticed people's, like, little things. Like, I've got friends that clear their throat a lot. Um, I've got friends that uh, do certain things with their eyes when they're, uh, you know, my wife bats her eyes a lot. Um, and she so just notice these little ticks about Well, I noticed mine the other day, and one of them is that I talk a lot. <laughs> Obviously, I have my own podcast, but I talk a lot. And so I'll be talking and talking and talking, and in a way to kind of get my mouth, <laughs> in order to get my mouth to where it's not dried out again, I'll make this little sound. And so if you notice it through the podcast, it's probably going to drive you crazy now because I do it so much. But anyway, I interjected all that to say, <clears throat> as I clear my throat again, that they notice little things that maybe other people notice, but they don't say anything about. And this is what I noticed the other day. Uh, people on their voicemail, like for their phone, everybody pretty much says the same thing. Like what, what really, I mean, who started the iconic, hey, this is Jonathan Fox, I'm, I can't get to my phone right now, so if you will, leave me a brief message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Like that's pretty much the standard, uh, who came up with that standard? Like there really is no playing around with people's voicemail. Now, I know some people will say uh, their name. They'll be like, hey, if you need to, shoot me a text. They make it very conversational. But for the most part, everybody's is pretty standard. Hey, or if you're one of those people that you have the thing where it calls out, like, I like the ones that just call out your phone number. It's like, um, the they'll call the 205-437-2664. Is not available. I'm like, what? It, I mean, what are we referring to people by their number? Or if you're that cool person that records your name, but you probably spent like four thousand years recording it so you could get it to sound just right, it'll be like, um, it'd be like, can you leave a message for Jonathan Fox? You know, it's or <laughs> it's just it sounds very robotic. Or you're like, you don't want to sound too peppy. Like you're just like, oh my gosh, leave me a voicemail. Like it's like leave a message for Jonathan Fox. Like people don't mess with stuff like that. It all sounds very like standard, and and then even the the term brief message, you know, uh, leave me a brief message. Who's who really says that? Can you leave me a brief message? I'll leave, I will leave you a message the length I determine it should be, and you and your little precursor will not determine that. If I want it to be five minutes long, I will. Which they got savvy to that and started cutting your voicemails off at like a certain point. They were like. If you're done recording, you can press three now. And I'm like, I'm not done recording. I'm calling back to leave more. You know, I'm like, you will not cut me off voicemail. So it was just something I noticed the other day, and I thought it was hilarious. And speaking of things that are hilarious, uh, we're getting close to midterms and everything uh, around uh, the U.S. And so uh, one of the most amazing things right now are the fact that KIV, our current governor. Now, if you're not from Alabama, you probably heard about it. Um, our previous governor got in some trouble, left office, and um, Kay Ivey became governor. And she has, right now, she's running for re-election, she has some amazing ad commercials for her running. And uh, let me get a sip of coffee here. 
I don't know how people don't drink coffee. My wife doesn't drink it, which we're going to get counseling for that because I something definitely wrong with her. Um, K. Ivy's commercials are so good. Now, you know, I'm not going to get on here and talk about like candidates and stuff like that. I actually do think the candidates candidates for governor uh, in this particular election in Alabama, at least, are very odd. Um, we have a um, a once well, he still is. Uh, evangelical um, pastor preacher uh, and he Scott Dawson who <clears throat> has done amazing things uh, I heard him at a mayor's breakfast uh, the mayor's breakfast at Gardendale and just like I never really heard him before and I was like man this guy's spectacular very gospel centered uh, amazing thing now I don't know that that necessarily makes you um, good for running for a political office um and I won't get into all that now because I'm sure everybody will have, you know, all kinds of stuff to say about that as this race rolls out. But I didn't want to bring up, like, all that stuff. I wanted to bring up the fact that one of Kay Ivey's commercials uh, for gov- her, her ad for running for governor is so, to me, is so awesome. And if, if you determined who you were voting for strictly on ads, Kay Ivey would get my vote Hands down, there would be no one has come close in the history of my voting experience come close to an ad that is this good. And whoever wrote it is absolutely brilliant. I couldn't rip the audio uh, from the thing, so I'm actually going to have to play it on my phone through the mic, which will probably make it not that loud. So you might have to, uh, I might can even adjust the um, audio inside here just to make it as loud as possible. But let me let you listen to this 30-second ad uh, by Kay Ivey. Let me turn it up so that you can hear it. Here we go. You learn a lot growing up on a cattle farm and not just about cows. Don't give me a mountain oyster and tell me it's seafood. I know corruption when I see it, and we are not having it. We've cleaned up the mess, and we're growing record jobs. 4,000 new jobs from Toyota Mazda the lowest unemployment in Alabama history. I'm Kay Ivey. Alabama is working again, and that's no bull. <laughs> I mean, so, okay, so to me, Kay Ivey is like your 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 great-grandmother. To me, not my grandmother, but like great-grandmother. Uh, or maybe my grandmother. She'd probably be close to my grandmother's age. She's... I mean, she is everything in dialect that is Alabama. I mean, she's got that nice southern grandma draw, you know, and and so she starts off <laughs> saying, "Don't give me a rocky, don't give me a mountain oyster and call it seafood," which is an, it, like again, whoever wrote the commercial is hilarious because if, when I heard that on the radio, I about spit coffee all over my windshield. Um, hilarious. Um, which I'm sorry, this is going to be a little past the PG-13 thing, but if you don't know what a mountain oyster is, um, they're usually just pig testicles, okay? So, hilarious, you know, uh, that's a hilarious remark. And so the whole thing is, and then when she says, we ain't, we are not having it, <laughs> just, that reminds me of a grandma, you know, like a granny saying, you know, we aren't we ain't having that in this house, you know, type of thing. Which I think is great. Like I think that's I think it's hilarious and awesome at the same time. But you need to see the ad as much like the experience is not as full if you don't see it. Like when she says, and that's noble that's oh man, it just takes it over the top. So good. So Kay Ivy, whoever's writing your, your commercials, um they're brilliant. Like ah that writing team You've got my vote, man. You just do some commercials for other people. Um, Kay Ivey gets elected. I'm going to attribute that simply to those those ads because, oh man, it's and she just looks so sweet, you know. But I bet she's a fireball, man. I bet I bet she's ready to rock and roll. So, um, well, it is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, just to make a clarification, uh, I'm going to be making this clarification. Um, on Sunday as well with MOVE, but Memorial Day is a day we remember those who have fallen. Sometimes it seems like people get Veterans Day and Memorial Day mixed up, and I even saw a few posts where people like, remembering those who serve our country, like serve, and it's not remembering those who serve or have served. It's, 
It's a day to remember those who gave their life in active military duty um, as they served our country. And, uh, you know, here specifically in the last, I don't know, last three months, um, because of some of the things I've read and some of the things that I have listened to, whether that be via podcast or whatever, I really have just grown this spot in my heart for those who have served and are serving in our military. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the exposure, like what they're exposed to in certain instances. And I know there are many people who in military never see combat and, and things like that, but I, don't, I still don't think um, that, that negates um, what they're really doing, like what they're being willing to do in any capacity, um, because our military does is, is is very important, obviously. And I would have never considered myself like a huge patriot. Like I love the country we live in, but you know I'm not going to be wearing a shirt that says you know all this crazy stuff on it. Like you see some people like I, that's not my personality type. But um, here over the last three weeks and and or three months rather, and then even just like probably over the last few years. I've been just making a point, like if I've seen somebody uh, in the airport or um, somebody at a restaurant that has their fatigues on and stuff like that, I've been making a point, uh, even police officers and firemen and stuff like that, just say, hey, thanks you know, for what you do because um, there is a risk involved in you doing what you do, and that's just a big deal. And, of course, in Memorial Day, these people have risked their lives and have lost them, and so we just want to take that time uh, this weekend not just to have a day off but to remember and honor those who have given their lives uh, to serve our country. And one of the things that we do um, at our gym, uh, CrossFit Gardendale, is we do a workout called MRF. And MRF is a workout that comes from a guy named Michael Patrick Murphy, um, who they called MRF, and he was a United States Navy SEAL officer. Uh, He was awarded the, (coughs) excuse me, uh, the mili- U.S. military's highest decoration, the Medal of Honor, for his actions during the war in Afghanistan. He was uh, born in May, on May 7, 1976, uh, and he died uh, in action on June 28, 2005, in Kunar province in Afghanistan. Um, he was a lieutenant in the Navy SEALs, and one of the things that's very popular inside the CrossFit community is to do what's called hero wads, and that's where you do workouts that are based on these people who were in the military. And so uh, today, uh, Friday, uh, we are doing a workout called Murph. And Murph is a one-mile run uh, followed by 100 pull-ups, followed by 200 push-ups, followed by 300 air squats, and then followed up and closed out by another mile run. It is a very, very difficult workout uh, at the CrossFit Games um, I don't know if they do it every year. I'd have to look back at that. But the CrossFit Games, especially this past year, um, and when when most of these CrossFit athletes do it, they also do it with a 20-pound vest on, which is ridiculous because the workout on its own is, is hard, hard, hard. Um, I think the last time I did it, uh, I did it in about 53 minutes. So you're almost looking at about an hour-long workout of just grueling stuff. And um, this last year, I did it. Uh, I kind of had it in my mind. The reason why I'm doing this is I want to, just, you know, honor. Uh, I want to do the workout, but I want to honor. And this year, I really am uh, today when I do the workout. I just really just want to. This is going to be kind of my way of saying I just really honor the fact that there are people out there that you know are in much more grueling conditions and have done a lot harder work uh, and lost their life and. Um, it may sound weird, and it might even sound cliche, but I kind of want to almost do that workout for them. I'm not in the military, and I have not signed up to go overseas and fight uh, in different battles, whether that have been in the beginnings uh, of our military uh, existence all the way up into what we're experiencing now uh, with the war in the Middle East. Uh, as again, we'll talk about here in just a minute when we do uh, History Talk Part 3 and close out this stuff on the history of the Middle East. But I just want to be able to kind of dedicate that workout to these guys. And as I'm hurting, because this workout does hurt, as I'm hurting in that workout, I really want to be able to be able to just kind of remember and honor them for, you know, what they do, what they've done, and how they've given themselves for that. So it would be real neat. Um, Well, uh, we're going to go into what's trending. Got a few things to talk about in there. Uh, We're going to do History Talk Part 3. I've got some tunage 
for you guys and gals to check out some cool artists that I think you'll really like uh, if you like exposure to different things. And there's definitely, uh, <laughs> this is a different list for sure. And then, of course, we'll close up shop with our big thought. Well, all right, to my absolute delight, Houston beat Golden State last night 98-94. to How delightful. Now, I jumped on this whole NBA bandwagon at the beginning of the season. Uh, I chose the New York Knicks. Don't ask me why. I got told by everybody, don't, don't follow those goobers. But I did anyway. Should have. <clears throat> my second option was Houston. Should have. Because Houston's doing fantastic. And I hope, I hope, I hope they win their next game and win the series against Golden State so they can go to the final game, the finals game. I would absolutely love that. I don't want Golden State to go. I don't – I want – I would rather the Cavs go than Golden State, which, uh, funny enough, uh, game six tonight between the Celtics and the Cavs, the series is at 3-2 with Celtics on top, would be fantastic for the Celtics to win. So uh, if you're a basketball fan out there, um, you're pr- – I, listen, it seems to be the case that everybody's a LeBron fan and everybody's a Steph Curry fan and everybody's a KD fan. And you know what? I want Houston and Boston to be in the, in the final. That's what I want to see happen. So that's what I'm planning for. And, uh, and then, so then that would even solidify. I could be a Houston fan. That could solidify me being a Houston fan, a Houston Rockets fan. And um, everybody who really likes LeBron and Steph and KD could all be kind of just bummed out and have to watch the, uh, the NBA Finals with, uh, you know, this sense of, like, my team didn't make it and uh, I hate basketball. So that's what I would love. Okay. And so as a newbie on board, uh, also Chris Paul uh, from Houston did, played really well the other night. And um, I – He's kind of like, um, well, I don't know a lot about basketball, so I know I'm going to get into some some uh, some ugly water here because I don't know a lot. But I would say like Chris Paul um, to Harden is sort of like Scottie Pippen to Jordan. They work really well together. And uh, so anyway, that would be my thoughts. I could probably get uh, smashed um, as far as my NBA knowledge and be like, there's there is no way that Paul and Harden are like Pippen. And Jordan, so I'm going to stop talking about that now. In case somebody later on decides to um, verbally accost me, uh, the royal wedding. Did you watch it? If you did, shame on you. What is wrong with you? Why do you, why do Americans care so much about the royal wedding? So. I didn't care to watch it. I didn't watch it. I didn't care to know anything about it. However, one of my friends sent me a bad lip reading video of the royal wedding, and it is spectacular. So if you care nothing about the royal wedding or you watched it, please, please, please go to YouTube and check out the royal wedding bad lip reading. It is so good. And uh, it did spark some interest on the history of the royal family. Uh, which when we bring back history talk in a few weeks, uh, we may talk about the history of the royal family. That would be interesting uh, to look at some of the facts and stuff. The only thing I ever remember about the the royal family was when Princess um, Diana died in that car crash uh, and the Beanie Baby. That's about the only connection I have to the royal family. So when all this stuff came out about how exciting every, exciting everything was about the royal family and stuff, I was just like, what in the world? Why is everybody so chaotic about the royal family? And then that other one, one of the other princes that had a baby or whatever. Um, so, yeah, go check out Bad Lip Reading. Absolutely 100% hilarious. You definitely need to check that out. I was going to do some stuff on some things in politics, but honestly, where we are right now is um, – the stuff with North Korea, there was supposed to be a meeting between um, Kim Jong-un and President Trump, and that meeting got kind of canceled, and there's all this back and forth about that. Of course, you've got the Mueller investigation that's still going on. They're saying that they're not going to indict Trump on any kind of collusion charges. Uh, now Trump is positioning himself to say that the FBI planted a spy inside the Trump campaign, and there's just all this whirlwind and all this stuff. and. 
Uh, we're getting ready for midterms, which means that there's a possibility that there will be a change in the House, uh, that, uh, that the Republicans will not have the majority in the House anymore, which would be an interesting shakeup. Right now, the Republicans have uh, the House, the Senate, um, and the White House. Um, so be interesting to see uh, what happens in the midterms. But again, I'm not interested in talking about any of that stuff right now. Maybe I'll have a political uh, uh, upheaval in the next. I just haven't been following politics. It's just been uh, it's been the same stuff circling over and over and over again. And so I've kind of stayed out of the loop for a little while, uh, keeping up to date on uh, that really cool app, um, Smart News app. So if you don't have it and you just kind of want to stay in the loop, but you don't want to be like so sucked in by it, check that out. There's a good variation of articles from conservative and liberal. Um, <clears throat> you may be a conservative and you hate liberal postings. You may be a liberal and hate conservative things, but I like to be in the middle. Uh, I feel like somewhere in, in between sometimes there seems to be a, a truth that will pop out. <coughs> so go check that out. be good for you, uh, especially if you don't like keeping up with that stuff. Let's jump into History Talk Part 3. I'll get into tunage, and I can't wait to get into tunage. i got some stuff I want to uh, tell you about. But let's jump into History Talk Part 3. Well, let's wrap up our talk about our history talk about the Middle East. Um, so, basically, what we've been talking about through part one and part two is that the Middle East has just been conflicted, right? That um, not only um, has the formation of like tribalism inside the, even the religion of Islam <coughs> in the Middle East being dominated by that particular religion. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you've had a lot of occupation from the Western world or different empires uh, that have led into these factions. <coughs> My goodness. I'll stop coughing here in just a second, I promise. Um, but what I wanted to do is give you a timeline from the beginning of the 20th century. As early as 1908, you get the d dissolution of the Ottoman Empire. It's kind of dissipating. <coughs> 1917, you have um, basically a, an approval from the British government uh, for there to be a kind of like this national home in Palestine for Zionists, which creates a, a bunch of uh, <clears throat> difficulty and, and craziness. In, 19, in, in 1918, um, you've got Britain and France occupying what was the Ottoman Empire and what it had. So that stuff kind of gets divvied up. In 1919 to 1921, you've got the Franco-Syrian War. In 1919, you've got fighting between a Republic of Turkey, Armenia, France, and Greece. Some more conflict. In 1922, uh, we get national independence granted to Egypt from the United Kingdom, which just in itself sounds crazy, right? That here's this nation full of people, and the United Kingdom uh, formally grants them the ability to be an independent group of people. Again, speaking back to that occupational type mindset that the Middle East has been under for a long time. Um, we get more conflicts in 1922 and 1923. Uh, we get, in 1924, the uh, abolition of of the caliphate as part of the Adercrux reforms. Uh, the caliphate, interestingly enough, even what we've seen here in Syria, um, <clears throat> in Islam, the idea of setting up a caliphate uh, is sort of the embodiment of end-time Islamic religion. So in Islam, setting up a caliphate is a big deal, and that's what you've even seen with ISIS. ISIS believing to be that caliphate and, and seeing them spread like they did, that there was a part of the Islamic religion that's really believed that this is it. Look how, look how much territory these guys are taking in. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, in 1925, you have the Sheikh Said Rebellion uh, of Kurds against Turkey. And again, uh, depending on the, the area and region you lived in might determine... Uh, the, the sect of Islam that you belong to. Um, just like in Christianity, we have different denominations inside Islam. You have different, which would be sects, different denominations 
And those people don't just have, you know, in our realm of Christianity, um, you may have debates, people that are very, you know, opinionated about maybe uh, from swinging from left to right saying uh, if you're Baptist or you're Methodist, you're Lutheran, Presbyterian, or from the Church of God, you may have all these disagreements about your theology and the practice of those doctrines in what you do. Well, in the Middle East, those, those sects actually go to war over their beliefs and ideas because to, to believe outside, the, the, the terminology, not from me, but in, in Islam, the terminology is to refer to those that don't believe in certain ways as those particular, particular people in that sect as an infidel. Like they are not... They are not. They are not good. They are evil. They, they to keep the religion pure, you have to get rid of these people. Okay, and so you have rebellion after rebellion in different areas. In 1927, you have a rebellion of the Kurds. <clears throat> uh, 1932, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is declared. Uh, 1933, and this gives you again just another um, understanding of how large the Middle East is as a fractioned. Um, Area and not necessarily these individual states. There are these. It's just this big swath of land that's broken up in all these factions with real no heading, no real territorial meaning. Again, because of occupation and then all these fractions. Um, 1935 or 1934, excuse me. You've got the Saudi uh, Yemeni War. 1935, Persia becomes Iran. Uh, there's a revolt in uh, an Arab revolt in Palestine in 1936 to 1939. Uh, in 1937. You have another rebellion. It's the largest uprising of the Kurds against Turkey, um, 1939 to 1945, which we're getting into the um, um, World War uh, II at that point. 1946, uh, we've got the Kingdom of Jordan being formed. In 1946, we've got the Kurdish Republic of uh, Muhabad declared along with uh, the people's government, but it's defeated by Iranian military forces and eventually dissolves. Why am I telling you all these things? Is because, again, you're having almost year to year, you're having conflict, you're having um, <clears throat> rebellions, you're having war uh, within a small, and I say small, but within a relatively small area uh, of, of land. Uh, in 1947, um, the UN General Assembly proposes to divide Palestine into an Arab and Jewish state, which you want to know why we're getting into some of this stuff, why all that information about the Gaza Strip with Israel was such a big deal. This stuff was happening way before now. I don't know why, and I'm not saying we shouldn't get upset about certain things, but the stuff that's been happening with Israel uh, and Palestine has been happening forever. This, isn't, this didn't, didn't just happen uh, when... America decided to move uh, and recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and move the um, the embassy. That that's not why the Gaza Strip has been so crazy, or why there's been Israeli and, and Palestinian difficulties. You'll hear in the news if you listen to the news, you'll you'll think that America is responsible for Palestinian deaths because moving the embassy. That is just not true. It's not true. It's it, this stuff's been happening. For a long time, that's why another reason why I wanted to do the history talk on um, the Middle East. Okay, so uh, 1948, Israel declares independence, and Arab Israel uh, Israeli war erupts. So that's 1948, right? Um, 1952, uh, revolution in Egypt, the monarchy is overthrown. Um, that is because of the occupation of um, Britain. Um, 1953, there is a coup uh, to um, in in Iran against the government. 1954, uh, Gamal Nasser becomes president of Egypt. 1954, uh, there's a central treaty organization which just has to do with some of the uh, some of these factions coming together and saying like we need to figure this stuff out. Uh, we get 1961. We have the first Iraqi Kurdish war, uh, which you probably hear more of Kurdish fighters now in the news. Um, basically, you, you've got – it's so complicated, man. When I started looking at some of this stuff, basically, they, they, some of these factions that we've supported are not necessarily great people. They're just a better alternative than the people that are ruling or the people that are trying to take advantage um, 
a certain thing. So um, the Kurds um, are a particular group of people in the Middle East, and we've supported Kurdish fighters before in the, the war against ISIS. Um, the Ba'ath Party uh, comes to power in Iraq in 1963. Uh, there, in 1964, there's a, um, a military coup in Iraq against the Ba'ath Party. Um, <clears throat> uh, in 1967, there's a six-day war. Uh, Israel occupies the uh, Sinai Peninsula, West Bank, Gaza Strip. 1967, Kurds revolt in western Iran. Uh, 1968, um, the Ba'athists, that's the Ba'ath Party stage, second military coup. Uh, 1970, uh, the um, president of Egypt that I talked about earlier, he dies, and Anwar Sadat becomes the president. 1971, uh, there's a dam that's completed with Soviet help. Um, which, again, everybody has interest in these areas. You've got to remember that. So at that particular time in 1971, it was the Soviet Union, but now that's Russia. And they still very much have a lot to do with what goes on in the Middle East. If you look at some of the reports, um, <clears throat> who, who Russia backs so that they can have influence in the area is very interesting. Uh, and that didn't just start. That's been a, a, a part of the history. Um, so you've got... Moving on, moving forward, I'm going to skip some of these things. You get into Syria <clears throat> invades Lebanon. Um, you have a Lebanese civil war. Uh, you have a second Iraqi-Kurdish war. Um, you have an Iranian revolution, uh, Egypt-Israel peace treaty in 1979. In 1980 and 1989, we get in the Iran-Iraq war. Uh, ends up being one uh, point, one, good grief, 1.2 million casualties. Iraq uses chemical weapons against Iran and rebel and rebel Kurds. <clears throat> Economic devastation, surge in oil prices. Maybe um, you remember, you might not be old enough to remember, but some of you probably are. I was born in this area, era, so uh, there's videos of people lined up, you know, down the street for gas and stuff like that. It was a crazy time. Um, in 1981, there was the assassination of Anwar Sadat. That was the the uh, president of Egypt. 1982, Israel invades Lebanon. 1987 to 1990 was the first, excuse me, <clears throat> I misread that. 1991 was the Gulf War. 1993, uh, we get into, uh, again, and, and inside all these, there's there's happenings of Camp David Accords, uh, Oslo Accords, where basically there's been all this fighting, all this fighting, and then they want to come together and kind of be like, okay, we need to change some things, but it obviously never really changes. 1994, <clears throat> Civil War in Yemen. We get in the 2000s. Uh, Israeli troops leave Lebanon, which is an occupation of what? Uh, gosh, almost 20 years. Um, 2001, members of Al Qaeda <clears throat> attacked the U.S. Uh, so in 2003, we're looking at the Iraq War. 2004, the present, there has been an insurgency in Yemen. Uh, 2005, Syrian troops leave, leave Lebanon as a result of the Cedar. Uh, revolution 2006 we got Israel Lebanon conflict Saddam Hussein executed for crimes against humanity 2010 we have the Arab Spring which culminates in the Syrian civil war um, <clears throat> listen to this with involvement of many regional powers to either support the Syrian opposition or the ruling Ba'ath Party which again that's what we've been involved in 2014 ISIS rises in Iraq and Syria rival groups to overthrow Syrian president so look I mean listen to all those things Good grief. Again, there's no wonder why half the stuff has happened that has happened. It's just infighting after infighting after infighting. And the I, I want to end with this on this. It is absurd, I think, in my opinion, to think that an outside force could help create any type of stability in the area. That has to be something done from within. And <clears throat> I just don't know that that's something... Um, based on the history, that that's something of capable, that that's something that could be happening uh, in even the near future. I think you have seen a lot of the exterior countries um, form governments that have created prosperity economically. Um, people are the, the technology, the military, all those things are advancing, and the people are thriving. But that very core area of Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Yemen, some of those areas <clears throat> have yet to really get past 
uh, some of that. And so, <clears throat> again, the reason I wanted to do uh, history talk on the Middle East was because I do think it's interesting. I think when you start talking about the Middle East without some of the context of their history, um, you may make statements or believe things that uh, aren't necessarily true. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be over there or that we should be over there, and I'm not saying that <clears throat> some of the things that have happened are good or bad. All I'm saying is the context of their history helps you with the thoughts about them as a whole, about the Middle East. And again, at the end of the day, you have to realize there are people over there that don't want any of, of some of the terrorist cells, some of the uh, religious um, you know, fanaticism that, that exists there and the treatment of people that have uh, alternative views, uh, there are people there that don't want that. And instead of coupling every person and stereotyping every person from the Middle East, uh, I think it's good to know the history and good to know that, you know, there are people out there that are just, you know, trying to live life and trying to, you know, trying to have a good life, you know, trying to take care of their families, trying to live the way they pursue certain things, dreams and desires. And uh, I think knowing the history and the context definitely helps with some of that stereotyping and some of the worldview of uh, that particular group. So, well, let me uh, tell you about some great tunes um, that you need to check out. So let me pull up um, my, <coughs> excuse me, my iTunes music real quick because I want you to, I work outside two days a week and some of the, the work is, you know, it's kind of monotonous. And so good tunes definitely make the difference. And so I wanted to make sure that at any given time, if I'm listening to any new artists or anything like that, or even old artists, that you have an opportunity to kind of jump in on the tunage as well. So without further ado, here are three artists that one of them I mentioned, I believe, on the last podcast or the podcast before. Um, but I'll start with the newer ones. If you haven't heard of this guy, I got turned on to his music by uh, a friend of mine named Jared Mars. His name is Gary Clark. I've been listening to the album Black and Blue from 2012, um, but the guy has um, way more than just that. It's been a particular one I've been listening to. Um, he's got an album called uh, The Story of Sonny Boy Slim. Uh, he's got a live album. He's got an EP. Um, and if you listen on iTunes Music, he's got an uh, iTunes session. Uh, he's also got some um, some stuff from, I mean, just right down the road. He's got a uh, hit single. Looks like it's doing pretty good. Um, it is from Deep Water Horizon. It's a, it's a soundtrack deal. It's called Take Me Down. But it's a really interesting, I almost call it like a rockabilly blues rock and roll. It's really interesting sound he has. Uh, so if you like listening to different music, you'll really like this guy. Uh, number two is if you're interested in electronic music at all, again, I listen to all kinds of stuff, but if you're interested in electronic music, there's a band that me and my family have been listening to. It's this song called Shut Up and Dance, and my kids love the song. Uh, it's about this guy. The song is about a guy being invited on the dance floor by this girl, and she's basically like, quit making it a big deal, just shut up and dance. And so that, it's a fun song. And it's, they're very electronic heavy. Um, they have an album called, um, and the name of the band is called Walk the Moon, uh, but they have an album called Talking Is Hard. That's where that Shut Up and Dance song comes from. You may have heard it on the radio before. Um, but the album's actually kind of old. I think it's um, I think it's four years old. I think it's 2014. But uh, go check out Walk uh, the Moon, the album Talking Is Hard. It's a very heavy electronic album, and it's a fun album. It kind of gives you that, that, those uh, summer feels, you know. So that's why I've been looking for, like, summer music, and that's definitely one of the albums that you could check out for that. Uh, I wanted to mention, again, uh, if you are a believer and you like Christian music, um, I'm not a, like, mainstream Christian artist. Uh, I don't listen to Christian radio, per se, um, but I do listen to gospel artists all over the spectrum. And one of the artists that I have loved, I got to go see him uh, last week, was Travis Green. And his album, Crossover, I've just been listening to it more and more. And they're just, he's just a great um, artist. He's just amazing. So if you like gospel music, go check out Crossover. 
It's an amazing album. Every song on there is good. So go check that out, Travis Green. Uh, some great tunage. I'm going to post the tunage set, uh, kind of the playlist, on the Facebook page later on so that you can go check those out as well. And, um, and, and don't forget about the Facebook page. I'll mention that here in just a minute when we get done with our big thought. But uh, I'm going to actually post the Bad Lip Reading and the K. Ivy commercial on there as well. So just be checking out the Facebook page for all that uh, show notes and, and good stuff like that. We're going to jump into our big thought and close up shop. So, yeah, stick around. All right. Well, our big thought, if you're a new listener, is really just something to think about. Uh, that could be good for you. So the big thought for today is actually a question, and it is this. What do you need to say now? What do you need to say now? Uh, I was doing a commencement speech at a graduation last night, and I was talking uh, about defining success, and um, as a believer, this is how I define success, and it was uh, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Real short, sweet little deal. But um, I sat down and was walking through uh, or listening to all the walkthroughs of people talking and saying things to their kids and stuff like that. This is a very small, intimate graduation. And <clears throat> uh, there's about 200 people there, so it was a very unique setting. And every parent was given the opportunity to kind of talk to their kid and, uh, um, what was the word I'm looking for here? Um, gosh, I can't, I'm having a complete and total Present, that is the word I'm looking for, present them with their diploma. So it's a very unique deal. So she, uh, they, the parents, are talking to their kids, and, and I'm listening to all the amazing things. I mean, all these parents are very well articulated, and, and they're just expressing their love and how proud they are and all these different kinds of stuff. And I was, I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know, how many times do we miss the opportunity to tell people what we think about them and we're waiting for some event or some event comes and we all of a sudden we're stirred to share like what is it that we need to just be saying right now that doesn't take an event or an accomplishment and those parents could be telling their kids that kind of stuff all the time but it made me as a dad and as a husband and as a friend and even as a Christian it made me very aware that there are things I need to be saying right now there are people that I need to be saying Man, I just want you to know I love you, and I want you to know I care about you. And for the most part, there are times where I very much take advantage of that. Like, you know, say, I just need to tell this person that. But, I mean, I miss it so many times. And one of the places I knew that I missed it uh, last night was as these parents were talking to their kids. Is, and I do this with my kids at times, but I thought, I just need to spend more time just telling my kids who they are, you know, sitting them down. I mean, recently... Um, anytime Declan gets reprimanded for anything, he'll go, I'm stupid, I'm stupid. And, you know, me and Jennifer have both been taken to the side. and no, buddy, you're not stupid. You're very smart. You're very bright. But you even see that's a happening, you know. That's an event. Something happens and you get stirred up and you start telling your, you know, your kid or your friend or your husband, your wife, whatever, uh, even your coworker or somebody that you're around a lot that you maybe you don't get to voice those things to. And just, like, take regular opportunity Um to say the things that need to be said. You know, there are times where we won't have an event or a cause to rally behind somebody and say, you just need to know that you're loved. You just need to know that, um, you know, here's some things about you that I admire, that I think much of, you know, and uh, and just really build people up, really encourage people. And we're in a time where it's really easy to fault find and really easy to to not have the energy to want to talk to other people, because maybe even you yourself don't feel like you're that appreciated. But I mean, I'm, I'm really believing more and more that we have a deficit in our own lives, sometimes because people haven't just said, hey, do you know, like, I really respect this about you, or I really, man, this is, a, this is one of the things about you that I love the most. Um, you know, there's always time to help correct people and help people with certain things, you know. There are times where things like that might be needed, and, and of course, our are helpful to people, but um, man, the difference it makes when, when you get encouraged, the difference it makes when people tell you honestly and openly how they feel about you in a way that, that makes you feel like, wow, like sometimes I don't even believe that stuff about me, and the, the term in the business world is called third-party credibility. Sometimes people need to know, like maybe they know this, like maybe a Christian knows this from God's Word, and they would think this about themselves at times, but to hear it from somebody else sometimes just goes a long way, and 
maybe uh, people in your life just need to know, you know, you, you love them, you think they're awesome. Um, maybe they need to know that there's something that they're doing that's being noticed. Like, I know that I noticed this about you. And um, I'm telling you, it, is, uh, it makes a difference in your life. You've seen it, and it'll definitely make a difference in other people's lives as well. Well, uh, I hope you enjoyed the show today, especially if you're a new listener, if you've had the chance to, to check out the show for the first time. Uh, we've got some really cool stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, number one is I'm trying to get Monique Henry in here. She released a single uh, almost a month ago, I believe. Um, and I want to get her on the show to talk about the process of putting that uh, song together and what that's meant to her and definitely let you in on uh, going there and checking out that single because it's really great. Um, and so we're going to get her on the show and going to go into some other uh, new segments that I'm excited about. And I've been kind of teasing you guys, but there's if you're a longtime listener, I'm still I'm I'm on the cusp here. I have been working on this idea, and um, because I haven't had time to put it all together, it really hasn't worked out quite yet. But if it does, this will be clutch, and it'll be really fun for the show. It'll be a new added layer of cool stuff that we get to do on a regular basis. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you are a new listener or a long-time listener and you don't know, we do have a Facebook page. Go check that out. Go like it and go follow it because any updates, any kind of post, you'll be alerted about and you'll be uh, the first to know. And, of course, we'll be having some Facebook content uh, come out over the weekend that ties into today's episode. Um, as well, if you want to follow me personally, you can do that at It's John Fox on Twitter and Instagram and would love for you to follow me. You can check out the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. I don't know where you're listening to this right now, but make sure you subscribe, and also make sure you leave us a review. A review would help us in our subscriber rate. It will help us get exposure on the interwebs. So make sure you leave us a review. And, hey, hit us up at itsjohnfox at gmail.com. If you got ideas for the show, things you'd like to know about, or even comments or suggestions, you can do that all there. My name is Jonathan Fox, and I've enjoyed having you today. This is the It's John Fox Show. We'll see you next time.